Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It is time now for our Eurowatch segment. And today we're taking a look back at headlines that came out of the European region in the past year. What more can we expect from them in the upcoming year? For sure, they will continue to make headlines. And on the line with me this morning is Alex Capri, Research Fellow at Henrik Foundation. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Always a pleasure speaking with you. And today we're talking about some of the top headlines out of Europe this past year. I suppose the UK really makes that list with UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. The challenges that he's going to face in the coming year. I mean, what else does he need to prove? (laughs) Well, look, I, I wouldn't envy anyone in his position, whether it's a conservative or Labour Party. Um, you know, it's really about the economy. Uh, I think I think the issues uh, that you know we've been grappling with this past year, uh, many will continue into the new, uh, and that includes you know a, a possible looming recession, cost of living. I mean, certainly for for the UK, um, you know, inflation, the housing market in London. Um, I think this the, these issues what we discussed the last time. Um, you know, the, the potential of strikes or the expansion of strikes, uh, you know, by, by, you know, federal employees and, and, and other, other employees in, in, you know, the big, uh, infrastructure, uh, parts of the economy, the rail and so forth. These are, these are all issues that, um, are not going away and are going to be tough, very tough to deal with going forward. Mm. Still on the UK, what are the odds that you'll see a situation where Boris Johnson makes a comeback in 2023? I don't see it happening. Um, you know, whether you know whether or not there's a general election, um, I think if there's an early election uh, called, it's you know, it's it's bad news for um, you know, obviously it's it's bad news for the Conservative Party because they're they're so divided. Uh, but I just don't see. Um, I, I just don't see, you know, Mr. Johnson coming back. I think, I think everybody just wants a safe pair of hands, somebody a, bit, a little bit more predictable, um, and he's just not it. Okay, the UK economy. How prepared are they if, let's say, we get a situation of China taking action against Taiwan? I mean, hopefully, this is something that can be avoided. But already we see one conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. How prepared is the UK's economy to take another conflict? Well, it depends what you mean by China taking action. Mm. Um, if, if, if you're talking about an all-out invasion or a forced unification, then I don't think there's any economy uh, in the global economy that's, that's ready to, uh, to deal with the consequences of, of, of that. You know, obviously... You know, Taiwan is very important uh, as a semiconductor hotbed, but mm. but I think even more broadly, um, you know, for for Western countries and certainly you know uh, big businesses in the United States, if there were to be an invasion, an actual invasion of Taiwan, those businesses would essentially be required to shut down yeah. business in, in China. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I mean, nobody's nobody's ready for that, right? Mm-hmm. At, at this point, so <laughs> UK or otherwise. Yeah, we were, that's the last thing anyone needs right now. I mean, we are still trying to deal with the Ukraine-Russia conflict that is headed into its second calendar year, come February, I believe. I mean, the end. Is it anywhere near in sight? Is generally the economy trying to continue to pivot around the supply chain issues, these energy issues? Could we see more improvements next year? 
I, I do think we will. Um, you know, first of all, the winter in Europe hasn't been as cold as expected. Mm. So the, the amount of fossil fuels that have been expended uh, is less so than, than, than what was originally uh, forecast. So, um, you know, this is, this is helping uh, not only in, in, you know, allowing Europe, European countries to sort of build up their reserves of, of, of energy, uh, but it, but it's also you know going to continue to to push the trend that we saw this past year to you know look for alternate sources of energy from Russia right uh, and so that that in 2023 will certainly continue and progress will be made in that regard as supply chains uh, restructure. Mm-hmm. Alex, this is an interesting question and and one that I discuss with some of my friends a lot of times. It is about the shift in the balance of power in that sense. And I'm talking about the balance of power in the EU with a lot of focus in the ASEAN region, in the East sort of region. What are your thoughts? Is the influence from Eastern European region getting stronger in the EU or perhaps even the ASEAN region starting to get stronger compared with the EU? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think there's a couple of aspects to that. The, okay. the first is, um, you know, if you look at um, Central and Eastern European countries, um, really prior to the Ukraine war, which I think really changed a lot of things, including how Europe views China. Mm-hmm. But I think if you, if you look at that, uh, that region prior uh, to the Ukraine war, um, there, there was a lot of uh, particularly Chinese investments uh, in, you know, so-called... Uh, you know the 17 plus one, right? With China and and these and these countries in Central and European, Eastern European Europe, um, but that has sort that has kind of gone stale. It's even soured uh, quite a bit in the last couple of years. Obviously, COVID also uh, sort of put the kibosh on some of the some of the trading issues. But the in, inbound investment coming in from China uh, is less welcome. In, uh, in, in those countries now. So that dynamic, I think, has changed fundamentally. Um, is, is Europe, uh, you know, are, are European countries looking to enhance trade with, with ASEAN? Yes, of course they are. Uh, and I think that will continue, um, you know, in, into the future. What about, you know, if we were to look at the other issues that the EU will need to resolve in 2023, the energy issue definitely is top of the list. The continued push for climate change, I assume? Yeah, you know, I think if you're you're keen on seeing decarbonization and you're keen on seeing a movement towards um, decarbonization efforts uh, through both the public and private Mm -hmm. sectors, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if if the immediate energy needs, which are still predominantly fossil fuel, uh, are met, then I think we'll see more movement towards decarbonization. Okay. Um, you know, and unfortunately, that's just the way it is, right? We all know that the world needs to decarbonize, but on a short-term basis, when there's an existential crisis, it's mm-hmm. about you know getting getting access to any kind of energy, and that's going to be fossil fuel energy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, that is a very important issue that needs to get worked out. Mm. Alex, just taking a look at, you know, generally the, the headlines that came out of Europe this year, what do you think were some of the most significant events in Europe? Well, you know, look, obviously the the Ukraine-Russia um, yeah. uh, situation, that's huge. It's It's huge because not only are we talking about a war on Europe's doorstep, um, but we're talking about how 
that particular event has accelerated and amplified other big existential uh, issues that are going on. And, and one of them is, of course, the, the strategic decoupling of supply chains, right? Okay. So whether that's with China, whether that's with Russia, uh, when we look at food security, energy security, and obviously the whole semiconductor uh, situation, right, where, where you have um, the U.S. looking to ring fence and reshore uh, semiconductor fabrication, bring it, bring it back to the United States. We have the CHIPS, CHIPS Act. There's a CHIPS Act, similar act in, in Europe, obviously South Korea, uh, Japan have done the same thing. So um, those are really, really big deals. And the Russia-Ukraine uh, uh, event is just amplifying and accelerating all these other changes. Hmm. Are there anything, or is there anything positive, perhaps, to look forward to in, in 2023 from Europe? I, yeah, no, it, it seems no, to be quite no, tough. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and, and the, the whole talk about inflation and how it's going to be really hard over the next two years, especially in the UK, it's it's a bit tough. No, no, I, I think there is a lot to look forward <laughs> to. And, and, and I think, you know, if you look at what, what has been accomplished already in terms of uh, in Europe, you know, the... Um, you know the, the the green initiatives to 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 as I said decarbonize. Yeah, I mean there's been some pretty good progress in that area. So I think we're going to continue to see that. Um, and you know there's there's good there's good private investment uh, going into that, and there's a huge amount of public investment going into that. And so we, I, I think that we are going to see some very interesting and some pretty dynamic public private partnerships that will start emerging. Um, you know, in Europe, and there'll be some really good cross-fertilization, uh, you know, coming in from the United States and, and, and from, from from ASEAN, from places like Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that's all really positive. That's really good. You know, I think in the broader sphere of technology, um, you know, think about what happened with the Webb telescope, right? I mean, that's, that's you know, I mean, that's, obviously it's not Europe, but, well, actually, there, you know, there was there was a great deal of collaboration on the Webb telescope, right? Mm-hmm. So there were there there, there were European uh, there was European involvement there. So I think there's a lot of technological advancement uh, that that's really going to help out. It's going to be going to be uh, it's going to play a very uh, useful and helpful role to humanity. And a lot of that innovation is going to come out of Europe. All right. I've been speaking with Alex Capri, Research Fellow for Henrik Foundation. Alex, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and Happy New Year in advance. Happy New Year. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.